Hello and welcome to Case Reopen. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and joining me as always is the one, the only, Kyle Bradford. How are you doing, Kyle? I'm fantastic. We're going to talk about Conan. It's a good time to be alive. I'm here. How are you, Tyler? I'm doing great, and uh, we're also joined by the Finn to my Poe, Colleen. <laughs> Hi, guys. I didn't catch that. With the Finn to my Poe. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, you're making a Star Wars joke because I just watched yeah. the new movie. Yep. I see. Uh-oh. That means people are going to th- no yeah, think that we have a gay romance, but it never actually happens. Darth Maul is dead. I'm not saying anything. My lips are sealed. So last week, of course, we talked about the great debut of Kaito Kid. We did a little poll on Twitter. We asked our fans which co-host was most likely to live a double life as a master thief. And uh, before I get to the results, let me read some of the replies here. Um, They said, Kyle, that's why he takes time off. (laughs) That was from uh, Street Yoke. Uh, Premium Steve said, definitely Kyle. He's always going on vacations and mysteriously reappearing. Plus, he sounds like the kind of guy who would love to casually wear a cape. What'd you call? What does that mean? Do you like to wear a cape casually? Does that just mean I'm gay? <laughs> Not professionally. <laughs> yeah. just, casually. just casually. You're just lounging around the house in a cape? Yeah, that would be a cool move. <laughs> that explains lie. your blanket talk. Like he, He's always saying that he's, he's wearing a blanket, but what if he's just covering That's himself true. in a cape? Ooh. Just pretend now. Just pretend. And then the homie Spencer Young said, Just being honest here, the Game Boys and all the bad things he's done, Kyle all the way. <laughs> but I'll claim that Master of Disguise title. Not gonna lie, you, you guys fucked me on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you overwhelmingly won the poll here. You had 56% of the vote. Justin had 11%. And Colleen came in second place with 33%. So we're all partners in crime. As Miss Congeniality, I'd like to thank everybody <laughs> who voted for me. Good God. I got zero votes. Nobody thought I was cool cool enough to live a double life. As You're too person. committed. You're too committed. That's the thing. What am I committed to? This podcast. <laughs> oh my God. Can you hear my dog? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. It was yeah. so cute. He's, he's fucking screaming. Oh, God. <laughs> he's getting a haircut right now. Oh, I'm Aww. sorry. And he's just freaking the fuck out. His doggy haircut. Congrats on becoming the master thief. Yes, congratulations, Kyle. Yeah, some someday uh, I'll disperse what I've gained over the years back into the podcast, so we can add towards our production value. I appreciate it. Yeah, all those jewels. All those jewels. Gotta wait though. I have to find the right one. You know. Yeah, you have to hold it the moonlight. Yeah. Without doing any research. <laughs> yes. I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm just stealing indiscriminately, hoping one day I'll find it. Well, like, who's specifically going to be doing the research that a gym shines under, like, a full moon? Like, who's holding gyms up to that? It's not research you could find. Well, Kaido Kid has an assistant, so Kyle can have an assistant to do that. It's Justin. I mean, Tyler, or Justin. I was going to say you, because... <laughs> Colleen, me and Kyle are barely on talking terms anymore. <laughs> it's true. We were arguing just before this show started. 
That is actually true. <laughs> I I was there. I was an ear witness. Yeah, I would not be uh, helping him with his research. I'd just be the guy going, hey, just fuck it. Still every jewel. We can't find shit out. Fuck it. Who, who's a, That's a great who's Don idea. Cheadle's character in Ocean's Eleven? Uh, Don, Don Cheadle. Yeah, yeah, him. <laughs> with the bad Cockney accent. Wait, does he play a British man? Yeah, it oh, is wow. like real bad. Notorious, even though Don Cheadle's a good actor. Yeah, he's he's an actor. <laughs> well, okay then. <laughs> so we're going to discuss two episodes. It's actually a two-parter, Kyle. Which is the episode 77 and 78, the Distinguished Families Consecutive Accidental Death Case. Don't you hate that? They hate it on. when your distinguished no, I love family it. has consecutive <laughs> accidental deaths. You hate to see it, you know? You hate to see it. You know. Colleen, have, has your family ever had consecutive accidental deaths? Nope, because we're not distinguished. Ah, uh, I see. Oh, uh, yeah, that's an important factor. Me neither. Because it's never like... The white trash family's consecutive accidental death case. No, those guys live on forever. I was going to make a bad joke. Never mind. I rescind. Make the joke. I was going to say uh, that's just two people overdosing. But now I feel bad about it. So, well, it's not. It's not unsure. I just needed somebody else to join my father. (laughs) Wait, what? Yeah, my dad. I did. It's funny. Oh, no. That's not funny. (laughs) See, now I feel even worse. (laughs) So this originally aired October 20th, 1997. (laughs) Moving right along. Wow. Yeah, let's just uh, skirt past that. (laughs) Um, So Conan's hint for this episode is the Great Detective of the West, which does not help anybody. Can you do the the sound he does? What what sound does he do? Can you do it? I don't know what sound you're referring to. Conan's hint! Right, like that? <laughs> wow. You did it so perfectly, so why would I ever attempt it? Thanks, man. You also do Kogoro's voice really well. Yeah, remember when you did that <laughs> awesome door opening sound? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you wanted to take that away from me. Yeah, you're just a man of many voices. It's <laughs> all you, Kyle. That's probably why people, that's probably why people thought you were uh, the thief. Because oh, yeah, could, pra- uh, I practically have Kaido Kid's uh, magic ability. Yeah. Is it magic or is it like, does he have a bow tie thing like Conan? What's no, he's just good at impressions. It's his own talent. Where yeah. where Conan has to use it. Does Oyama have no new ideas? Not really, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kaido Kid was the original voice changer, though. Yeah, so he made a new one and he had him have the same ability? Yeah, pretty much. But this time with the bow tie. Yeah, it's cool. All right. So Conan introduces the case, and he says, Today's case takes place in a grand mansion. My rival, Haiji, does his thing, too. Love Haiji. He does his thing. You're back on the the Hattori train, Cal. He's a good guy. It was Rocky at first. Rocket? Rocky. You weren't really into him at first. Oh, I forget. Yeah, you didn't like him upon his first appearance, but he he won you over the last time. He was all pompous. He was like a douche. He called him a libertarian. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's so funny. 
<laughs> I did. I love how you're referring to your own joke. You're like, I was so funny. <laughs> Colin Moriarty sounding ass. <laughs> Don't tread on me. That's his favorite catchphrase from Osaka. Yep. Hi, <laughs> <Hygiene> Tori. <laughs> Don't forget. Don't shout on me. <laughs> the episode begins with Kogo and his family in awe over the mansion of the Nagato Group chairman, whose wealth rivals even the Suzuki family. We learn from their butler that Sonica had visited uh, several times as his child. So I love that all the rich people just know each other. It's messed up. Uh, we learn that Kogoro has been called to investigate a case, and Conan jokes that it's probably over something simple, like an adultery case, and Kogoro says that he'd never be bothered for something that unimportant. That cool. Kogoro then just falls into a giant hole near the pond. Yes. And, uh, he learns <laughs> that they're going to plant new trees there next week. This dumbass just falling into holes. You ever fall into a hole? Only an Animal Crossing. Colleen, have you ever fallen into a hole? Sorry, I'm trying to understand hole and Animal Crossing. I was the same thing. But anyways, um, I... Well, there's pitfalls. Okay. That uh, you can fall in, your character falls into. Does the villager die? No. Have you never played Animal oh. Crossing either? <laughs> no. Jesus I thought, Christ. I thought you meant an actual yeah. Animal Crossing. <laughs> like a turtle crossing. No, no. It's a... Oh my God. <laughs> you meant the video game. Okay. Never mind. Um... Uh, Maybe this is just what it's like for normal people, you know, who aren't like us. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Colin. I should have been more clear. No, no, no. Uh, to answer your question, no. There's <laughs> <laughs> a deer crossing sign. And she's like, where the hell's this hole coming from? Oh, gosh. Sorry for being slow. <laughs> No, you're not slow. You're just not a nerd like me and Kyle. Yeah, yeah. Your brain's functioning normally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> the timing. Okay. They're then led into the building, and they then notice a number of different policemen inside it. Kegaro is shocked to find out that the chairman just wants Kegaro to find his first love for him. And that's when Conan starts to gloat over it being a simple missing persons case. As such, Kogoro just smacks him in the head for doing so, and Conan kind of deserved this one. Yeah, yeah, he was being an ass. Voter <laughs> says Kogoro was recommended to him by an old friend, and that he met the girl in elementary school, and that he doesn't have a picture of her. He says that his late wife is probably turning in her grave. <laughs> Which rules... And uh, he says that he does know her name and her last known address. His secretary then tells him that her name is Akagi Katomi and that she lived in Kanagawa. She went at 29 to Yamato Kohai, had a child, and then five years later, all three of them disappeared. This, all, this whole, like, is first it? love thing, it's pretty popular in, like, Asian culture, right? I don't know. Do you guys think that it's as Don't you remember here? your first love? Me no. From kindergarten? No. no. <laughs> I mean, I 
I remember my first crush, but I wouldn't say he's my first love. Ooh. Name names. Yeah, give us give us the dirt, girl. <laughs> uh <laughs> She you shot with like fucking Tommy from kindergarten. Tommy. <laughs> Tommy. My first crush was the smartest boy in school. He even skipped a grade. What and a we nerd. sat together on the bus. <laughs> you had like Not really surprised. bad taste. I, Not I had bad you were taste. into the smartest guy. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what was happened to him. I'm not going to say you? his name. He won't ever know. He's out there. I'm not going to say. He could name. be listening to our podcast. He could yeah, be. he might be a Canon fan. First name. First name. No. <laughs> You're really pressuring her. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's Hygie. I'm just saying, you could put that out into the world, and this smart guy could reach back. He could reach out for you. You could reconnect. Yeah, we'd like reconnect Star over Wars. Pogs and Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's time to... What if he What if he found you on Facebook and he was like, hey, got some new Pogs? Uh, I think we... <laughs> That's how he opens? That's how he opens. What's up, girl? Got some Pogs you want to see? See the yeah. thing with like people that are smart early on, they they cap out very early. So he's probably still just as mature as he was back then. Oh, probably. Because this is was my pro- that was my problem, Kyle. Oh, so you're super smart is what you're saying? Yes. That's a surprise. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean it was a surprise? <laughs> I'm brilliant. Yeah. Sure. Okay. If you say so. <laughs> just so you know, Colleen, <laughs> I have a great Paul collection. What about Yu-Gi-Oh cards? Oh, well, you know, I put together Exodia once or twice, just so. Wow. Cool, cool, cool guy, cool guy. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, I was conned out of a blue-eyes white dragon. Yeah, I even had a red-eyes black dragon. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Had the Dark Magician. Had a lot of cool Who's, the, who's the Seto Kaiba of our group? Justin. For sure. <laughs> yeah, it is Justin. <laughs> 100%. I'm glad we got that established. Kyogre asks who the old friend that recommended him is, and in walks the Osaka police chief, Hattori Haizo. That's Hattori's dad. What do you think of Yo. this guy when you saw him, Kyle? Yo, this is the first time I've ever recognized somebody that I was supposed to recognize. No joke. Every time it happens in this show, I'm like, that guy looks like everyone else. <laughs> but he looks very distinct, so I knew him. That's interesting, because isn't this the first time we're seeing him? Yeah, that's what I, I thought it was the first Wait, time. Wait, what? Seen him too. <laughs> so I'm wrong in anyway? I was like, I Where remember him. I don't remember. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Let me see that's if he was, a new was like, yeah, yeah, I know him. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so sad now. Well, let's find out. We could be wrong, but I thought this was the first time as well. His hair looks very distinctive. <laughs> oh, God. Well, he's not listed as a new What am I doing on this podcast? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Unless we saw him like appearance. in the first Heiji episode and like the dad was just like That's in the background. Uh, he appeared in Diplomat Murder Case. So he we did see cool. him before. Kyle is right. Kyle's right. For once, Kyle's right. Yeah. So. Okay. I'm not crying anymore. Thanks for looking but it up. I don't that think was... he was in the episode. 
He was there. Don't he was in his character. Don't he, do that. He was to like, me. oh, Hattori Heiji. He's the son of Hattori Haizo. Yeah, and then you yeah. You see Hattori Haizo's picture or whatever. Yeah. So good on you, Kyle, for remembering it. The one guy. The one guy. <laughs> yeah, we tried to take that from you, too. I told you I know. You guys are my friends. We then see Hattori arrive and he immediately says, What's up, Kudo? Killing Conan's cover. One great thing about Hattori, Kyle, is that this will never change. He's always extremely sloppy <laughs> with his speech, and he constantly says kudo. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. It was a good bit. Conan quickly reminds him that nobody else knows his identity, and he's very surprised. He's like, what? They don't know yet? I mean, yeah, to, <laughs> to his defense, uh, it is a little bit strange. Now, what was your reaction? Because you... You didn't see the last Heiji episode, right, Kyle? So what was your reaction when he called him Kudo? Oh, I had assumed that he had figured it out on the uh, the first time that they met. Oh, okay. So there was actually another one. Oh, did you not watch the Holmes murder oh, case? I don't remember. It's been a while. Because what was it? The episode that I saw him in was the baseball one, right? No. It wasn't baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baseball for. No, it was the Sealed Room murder case. What? Yeah. Oh my god. It was at a rich guy's house and Kudo becomes. Uh, there's so much shit to remember in this show, dude. <laughs> I can't handle it. It was like a keychain and the locked door murder, and then it actually turned yeah. out being that the wife just poisoned him with a pin. Poisoned the diplomat. Yeah, the who, who was in the baseball one then? Well, that was just, there, uh, that was just a random thing? anime original episode. Fucking Jesus. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, I have one win and then three loses. <laughs> Losses, man. I'm sorry. Shut I'm up. Just gonna... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God so, okay. Damn long story short, the last Heiji episode, he actually figured out. Conan used Heiji okay. as the, the guy for the um, the deduction show. Oh, he knocked him and out? Then, yeah. Oh, I see. So you didn't even see this and you think Katori's cool now? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I liked him in this in these two episodes. That's what I'm talking about. Jeez. You need to get caught up. <laughs> it wasn't even that many episodes you missed. It feels like I missed a billion seasons. But you missed nothing. <laughs> That's the great thing about canon. <laughs> so uh, Katori says that he actually said uh, Kuro instead of Kudo. It's like an Asian joke. Yep, an Asian joke. <laughs> <laughs> Some sort of pun that I didn't bother to write down. But see, it works on multiple levels, because in America they would have said hero as like an Asian oh, joke. That's, that's racist. <laughs> that's what I'm getting at! We then meet Nagato's two daughters, Nabuko and Yasue. The older one accuses her dad's secretary of trying to get with her father, as she's been here a lot lately, but he says it's simply for yes. business reasons. They're then surprised to hear about the detectives, and the older daughter slaps the secretary when she answers. We then see her fountain pen fall into, onto the bed, and the older sister says, I don't care if it's a memento of your father or not, it gives me the creeps. Go off, queen. That pen gives me the creeps. The patriarch then apologizes to his secretary and says that his daughter is miserable as she is single. 
(laughs) (laughs) Is it relatable? I don't know. Is it, Colleen? Oh, (laughs) why me? (laughs) (laughs) There are two single people on this podcast. Just putting that out there. I was throwing the question out to both of you. Okay. (laughs) Oh, Uh, were you? (laughs) I thought so. Uh, I mean, no, sorry. I thought the question was thrown out to both of us. I didn't think it was relatable. Oh, Oh, okay. I thought it was pure. I thought it very relatable. (laughs) 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 Kevin remarks that with her personality, she'll never find one. Damn. Jesus Christ. The secretary then says that she's going back to her office, and the father says that he'll make his announcement soon. And then he then asks her if she's just pitying her son. She says that they've been bound by the bonds of flame for a long time. So dramatic. Yeah, I know. God. Wouldn't that be great, though? Like That's what I want. I want, like, a dramatic love story to tell everybody. Yeah, but, like, you would say that about someone, and then the other person wouldn't feel the same way. You know, that's how that would work out. Probably. Is that like when you ask someone to confirm a relationship status on social media and the other person says no, like they don't reply? Yes, 100%. It's like, you know, oh, yeah, I'm dating this person. And it's like, oh, I just thought we were having fun. And then you're like, oh, well, I'm going to go kill myself then, I guess. Can't relate. Can't relate. I'm living the good life over here. <laughs> I'm so lonely. Kogura learns that Nagato and the police chief were in the same kendo club. And then we see his heavily bandaged son enters the room. His name is Hideomi. And he was badly burned in an accident. Nagato says that with cosmetic surgery, he could be fully healed. But he doesn't want it. Mitsuwaki, who is Yatsue's husband, then walks in and says that Hideomi found a happy end due to the accident. However, Hideomi angrily walks off afterwards. Mitsuaki then gives Nagato a present and then says that he would be delighted if you would give me the chairmanship in return, but says he's only joking. He was not joking. What a dick. Hattori's father says that he has to leave, but that he's leaving Haiji to help Mori. Nagato then celebrates his birthday with a cake, and he announces that Hideomi and Miyuki, his secretary, are now engaged. Congrats to the young couple. I'm sure nothing will happen to them. He then says that he's had her to stay over the past few days so that she could become accustomed to his house. The eldest daughter then storms off, and Mitsuaki says that he'll find Hideomi. Kenan then asks Hattori what's going on, and Hattori's about to tell him when the phone rings. It's Mitsuaki. He then says that Hideomi's missing. And then he starts yelling over the phone. He says that he was stabbed outside below them. Kogoro goes to look, and they see Hideomi with a knife in his mouth. They then run downstairs, and the room is locked, and they hear another scream. The butler then goes to get the spare key, and they find a rope that leads downstairs. They then see the dead body of Mitsuaki, who was thrown onto the fence. So we already have one rich asshole dead here. So I'm sure Kyle was enjoying this. Yeah, that part ruled. <laughs> I found it super funny that Kogoro waited for a spare key where in the last dish episode, the one with uh, the, uh, <laughs> like they yeah. broke down the door. She kicked it down. And now Kogoro's yeah, like, was, okay, well, let's just wait. <laughs> he's trying to be respectful here. Yeah, it's because he's in a rich person's place and not just a small businessman that wants to play mahjong with him. 
Right. Nobody cares about <laughs> that door. Meguri arrives and they tell him about Hideomi wearing bandages. And they say that somebody else could have been impersonating him. They can't find him anywhere, though. And Meguri reveals that they found the weapon that the bandaged man used. And Conan asks about a stab wound that he found on the victim's hand. Kaguya then punches the kid. <laughs> and he says that the victim likely hit his head on the fence when he was thrown off. Takagi then runs in, our boy. Yay! And he reveals that nobody left the building after the crime, so he must still be in the mansion. They run towards the chairman to make sure he's okay, but he's sleeping soundly. Aw, he's just, he's just a sleepy old man. Seems like a huge mistake to make. The eldest daughter then reveals that she was drinking and talking to a friend when the commotion occurred. But she's too drunk to remember who she was talking to. Relatable. No. No? <laughs> Not for me. I don't know how you live your single life, Colleen, but this was very relatable. She then says that she's not surprised by the murder as they always got into arguments and that they used to be childhood friends until the accident occurred. She reveals that 20 years ago there was a nearby inn that caught on fire. They were both passing by and Hideomi leapt into the fire in order to save a girl. He got burnt while doing so and the girl wound up being the secretary. That's why they were bound by flame, Kyle. It's romantic. Isn't it? And traumatic. Traumatic. Oh, isn't romantic. the best romance tra traumatic? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> After the injury, he stopped going to school and became a writer. Well, she's she she insults him. She's like, and then he pretended to play writer. Damn. She's like all of our uh, parents when you say, "I'm going to write for a living." They're like, "Okay, you do that." My mom laughed. Yeah, she, she was right. Um, the <laughs> it was rad. <laughs> Damn. The father then awakes and says that nothing unusual has happened. Then tells Kagura to forget about finding his first love. Kona then asks Hattori why they're there, and he reveals that the chairman heard a strange noise the other night of somebody quietly running in the hallway, and that he heard the sound of objects colliding together repeatedly. Sex. Yep, it was somebody having <laughs> sex. That's the twist, guys. They were just boning. There's no crime at all. The only crime was being too loud during intercourse. My god. <laughs> and it wasn't Kogoro either. Ooh, that is a twist. Well, Kegura doesn't fuck. What? Yeah. He's That's fucked once. Why doesn't fuck? He's canonically fucked once. Canonically? He doesn't fuck because right. he's married. I thought he's been trying to get down this whole time. Yeah, but he still, he still respects his wife enough that he wouldn't cheat on her. So he's a hero. He's, a, he's in it for the thrill of the chase. The thrill of the chase. That's why I go on dating. Oh, so. oh, oh, oh. I know that nobody's going <laughs> to respond. There it is. There's I, that voice. But I enjoy going for it. Is that, is that his... Is that his, uh, the sound he makes while orgasming, Kyle? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's oh, how Ron was born. <laughs> that exact noise. That was also when Aerie decided that she needed uh, some time away. Yeah. For the rest of her life. I haven't even met her yet, and she's my favorite character. You have met her. You met you have Oh, met we her. have? Ron's yeah, mom. that's right. One episode, one episode. Jesus. 
You you were like episode thirty. You thought she was so awesome. You were really into her, mom. Yeah, because she's a queen. Thank you. I totally believe someone was prepping a murder, in that both him and his father thought it was a burglar at first, so they ordered increased security in the household. So that's why all the police were there. Hattori finds it odd that they still went through with the crime, considering Kogoro was there, who Conan's made famous. He also found it strange that Hideomi took off his hat and bandages after the murder, and that he allowed them to see him on the balcony. Uh, then we have a little time skip here, as everybody searched the mansion for nearly two days, but they couldn't find any trace of Hideomi. The secretary and the eldest daughter then got into another fight, where she slapped the secretary, sending her fountain pen into the fountain, which was kind of funny. Poetry. <laughs> they then decide to drain it for her, and that's when they find the body of Hideomi in it. They then learn that he had died two and a half days ago, so if Hideomi had committed suicide right before the police arrived, then everything would have added up. However, the cause of death wasn't drowning, but rather that he was put in the pond after being poisoned. He was submerged because of rocks that were in his clothes, and Kogoro says that maybe he didn't want his body to be seen. We then learn that the only person that opposed Yasue and Mitsuaki's marriage was Hideomi. Takagi then runs in to reveal that the knife matched Mitsuaki's wound, and that the blood on the knife was also Mitsuaki's. Also, the hairs found on the bandage in the hat were Hideomi's, and that they found a kite string about a meter long in Mitsuaki's coat pocket. Conan asks about the hole in his hand, and Takagi says that it wasn't from the knife and that no saliva was found on it. Police then find a suicide note, and it reads, I have no right to marry you. I give my life to atone for the crime I committed. The secretary says that the handwriting is similar to Hideomi's, and that she'll fetch a sample of his writing to compare. Ron then tries to give the secretary her fountain pen back, but she runs off inside to cry. Conan and Hattori find the note odd, as it was seemingly written after he killed Mitsuaki, and that there was no time for him to do so. They believe that he was poisoned and sunk in the pond before Mitsuaki was ever murdered. What a twist. Taka, what do you think of uh, this first part here? Uh, I thought it was uh, pretty interesting. I liked the escalation of events, so I thought that kept me on the edge of my seat for the most part. And uh, for most of these two-parters like this, I tend to enjoy the first part more, because the second part's more just trying to figure out what happened. The first part's always much more exciting, and you know, you're constantly getting you know, uh, hit with surprises left and right so uh i think i didn't have a firm grasp of where things were going until the end of this episode whenever the fountain pen got swapped or slapped into the fountain that's when i had an inkling of what might happen but uh yeah i thought it was pretty good what about you colleen uh so i didn't even remember this episode at all um when i watched the dub i wasn't that much into um What's his name? Uh, Harley. Harley Harlow. Hi-G? So I, uh, Hi-G's character. Like, I didn't start liking Haiji until maybe the, you know, 200s. So I totally forgot this episode. Um, so I was just trying to follow along as best as I could. And I already had an idea of sort of the players that would be involved and kind of the timing of events. But I didn't have all the details yet. But I think the setup was pretty good. 
Um, and uh, there were a lot of like funny little gags. Like at the beginning when we find out that uh, I think it was the butler that calls Sonico like young miss or something and then conan like off to yeah. the side. he's like no one else would call her that so it it definitely had its moments yeah for sure uh we learned that the next conan's hint is fountain pen which has already played a pretty big role but we'll continue to do so and then uh <laughs> are you guys gonna join me in the, the little little singing the chant <laughs> all right so the sure, little, we could try line it. <laughs> afterwards. Okay. They say that the next part is resolution. 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 Now, resolution. what are you doing? What are, what are you guys doing? Okay. There's three different voices. <laughs> they each said resolution one after another. And then they all sang the last part together. Oh, I thought it was all at once. Okay. No. Got it. Ter- all right. Nobody re- I'm on board. Let's, how about a take two here? <laughs> The next part is resolution. 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 The, the resolution, resolution part. part. <laughs> <laughs> fix it and post. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. We're so good. That kind of reminded me of the Three Stooges, though. We are like the Three Stooges. They're like, hello, 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 hello. <laughs> Jesus. What a reference in the year of our Lord, 2019. I like the Three Stooges. Yeah. I don't think I've ever Are you acting like you're above stages? some slapstick? Oh, Tom? no. I am much. I'm below. I don't think so, Kyle. Because <laughs> I, I thought about Aww. the two and a half men uh, intro thing. Because they all sing. What, what's the two and a half men it? intro? Like, it's like, bum, bum, bum. Something. <laughs> <laughs> They all, they just they all like, sing Ooh. men at the end. Oh, that's what it is. Men. Men. Just like that. Yep, just like that. You fully cast Male. Me. You're just like Charlie Chin. <laughs> Male. You have that tiger's tiger blood. energy. <laughs> God. Is he doing okay? Uh, well, he has like AIDS. He does? Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, that's not good. But like AIDS doesn't really matter anymore. It's weird. It's not a death sentence. Yeah, they have it all under control as long as you can afford the, like, prep and shit. Yeah, so I guess it must be nice to be rich. Yeah, probably would be nice. Who will ever know? Not us, for sure. So we move on to episode 78, which is the Distinguished Family's Consecutive (laughs) Accidental Death Case Part 2. Incredible. This aired one week later on October 27th, 1997. It begins with Tori learning that nobody left the premises and that the only time the police left the main entrance was for a minute or two when they went to see the body with him. They say that Hideomi must have circled around the opposite way and drowned himself in the pond during that time. They then learn that the only person that ever left the house was Mitsuaki, which was around 9.30. He said that he was looking for Hideomi and he was looking everywhere, including in between plants. Kenan then asks the chefs if they noticed anything different about Hideomi lately. They say that the last two days he ate a lot more than usual, and that he even had dessert, which he never eats. They then reveal that he didn't always use bandages, as his sister Yasue would change them every three days for him. The last time they were changed were two days before the incident, and we then learned that a bedsheet had been missing for the past three days. Bedsheets. 
bed sheets. They were fucking. They were fucking. <laughs> or making ropes to escape. It's a much no. more wholesome. Okay. Or making <laughs> sweet, sweet love. Or maybe they're making like ropes for, for sex, like tie, you know, some tie up. Oh, like BDSM. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this was just a big accident. Yep, a kink gone wrong between two gay lovers. Now that's they a good story. Didn't establish the safe word. <laughs> yeah, they got confused. Yeah, he didn't say banana, so he pushed them off onto the balcony. He was like, "Oh no." <laughs> I thought that's what you wanted. The Distinguished Family's Consecutive Sexual Death Case. It's like a Japanese pun. Not kudo, but kuro. What? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I, I, I liked you, Jack Colleen. It was good. Thanks. I feel so out of it now. <laughs> she was making a Japanese pun. I just heard two words that I didn't understand. So there's a there's an alkaline trio song about wanting a girl to just like murder like giving her explicit directions that like how to murder him and then play with his blood before uh, getting away with the crime. What? Yeah, good too. What song is it? I forget. Uh, we should figure this out for the for the fans. Fucking Sadie. Let me check. No, it's not Sadie. I don't know what song it is, but uh, it's a good song. Okay, maybe I can find it real quick. Uh, What's their most famous song? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Radio? I'm not sure what Alkaline Trio song it was. But, please tell please know, know that I always correct. It is a song. It is a song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> know that I was correct. It is a song. Oh, here it is. The song, the song is This Could Be Love. And it goes. This could be love. It goes. Step one: slit my throat. Step two: play in my blood. Step three: cover me in dirty sheets. And we're laughing out the house. Step four: stop off at Edgebrook Creek and rinse your crimson hands. You took me hostage and made your demands. I couldn't meet them, so you cut off my fingers one by one. Whoa! Yeah, that's true. Oh, this love, is folks. this is off of Good Morning. I had this album. Not yeah. that it matters. Not that it matters. But there we go. <laughs> Kyle, a, a good taste haver. That's me. Uh, that's what they call me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think today would be just spent reciting alkaline trio songs. But here we are. That's what happens when we don't have a script. You never know what we're gonna say. Yeah, we can't go off script because. This whole thing's off the rails. Atori then grabs Conan and has him look at the bottom of the balcony as it looks like something hit it. Under Nabucco's balcony, there are also many marks that are similar. They then go into Nabucco's room and the phone rings. Conan then uses his bow tie to answer it. And the man says that she had left them a message on his answering machine a couple of days ago when she was drunk. Conan has her then asks what time it was two days ago when she called. And he says it was just before 10 o'clock and that she kept calling repeatedly for over half an hour after that. He tells her not to worry about it if she doesn't remember and they hang up. Colleen, have you ever drunkenly called somebody for half an hour? Nope. I can say that with 100% confidence. Hmm. What about you? Not been desperate enough. Boring answer, but it's the truth. Kyle? 
Did you mute yourself? <laughs> I muted again on accident. I'm sorry. <laughs> I kept saying like, yes, the answer is yes. I'm very <laughs> depressed. <laughs> I just picture you like putting your arms in the air too. <laughs> I was. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm very depressed. <laughs> Oh man, if this was a video podcast, tell us One the day. story. When 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 were you drunkenly calling somebody for thirty minutes? Oh, I mean, it wasn't that bad. It was just uh, me being uh, a drunk and also like uh, sad because there was a girl I liked in high school, and this was after high school. Did you keep like, calling her? No, I did it once, and I tried oh. to act like, oh yeah, this was an accident, but like I was clearly drunk and just sad. <laughs> so. Damn. Yeah, it was a it was a wild time. But right after that, like uh, we played uh, Circle of Death, so that was cool. She was like your uh, she was like your Tommy, your Tommy. Pickles. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, she was my Tommy Pickles. <laughs> so I talked about my elementary school crush. You talked about your high school crush, Tyler. I think you're up to the plate now. Oh yeah, yeah pick middle school too. Middle school? Yeah, I don't think I liked anybody in middle school. Um, yeah, nothing. I have nothing to say. It's because it's the same person. Well, he's the same person. That you like. I don't like anybody. You like me. Definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) That gives the older sister an alibi, and they then decide to search Hideomi's room, which is cluttered with books. They find a message on his firm from Yamada of the Literature Times, and he tells them to meet at the usual place about his latest manuscript the next day. That original call came the day before the incident and was unplayed. There are also several other messages that they then hear, which reveal that he never met with Yamada, who waited for him at the cafe for like six hours, which seems like... That manuscript must have been really good for this guy to just waste six hours. Or maybe he's just getting paid anyhow, and he's like, shit, I'll just waste six hours. Yeah, he's on the clock, so whatever. (laughs) You know, just hang out. Kenan and Hattori then figure out who the culprit was, and they search for evidence in Mitsuaki and Yasue's room. Hattori then finds a dirty sheet and a swimming cap, while Kenan finds something in one of the light bulbs. I'm not sure I ever figured out what was in the light bulbs. Do you know, Colleen? Was it like the watch strap or something or like what the hell i can't remember Uh, maybe yeah because he looks at the like he finds something that had like gone into like the light bulb area right yeah that would make sense yeah they never like pull anything out yeah yeah maybe it's the was that the room where the no no because she killed him on the uh on the balcony on the room of it wasn't in their room it was in the chairman's room so i have no clue what the fuck Conan found okay maybe she hid it there i feel like there's better places to hide a fucking watch that's fair <sighs> maybe not who knows the tory then gives the secretary her fountain pen back and ron says that they're leaving soon tory asks what time it is and the secretary looks at her wrist which doesn't have a watch on it and then she looks at a nearby clock to reveal that it's six fifty p.m Tori says it's good because the stores are still open, and he tells Ron to go buy something for him. What the hell did she have? He have him buy her buy just bandages, I guess, for that. Oh yeah, it must have been. But they would have still probably had bandages for him. Like that seems like maybe he fit, would have felt rude going into like a dead guy's stuff. 
And would she not have been suspicious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been a big red flag. <laughs> Poor Ron's just like has to do a bunch of shit. Bandages, and a never swimming asks cap, questions. and a beanie. Yeah, Ron was really just taken for a ride this episode. <laughs> At least she wasn't asked to get some pebbles. <laughs> yeah, thank God for that. <laughs> Tori then asks who was using the room right above Nabucco's, and the secretary reveals that it was her room. And he tells her to call everyone up to that room in an hour, and he then grabs Conan and says that he's barring him. They call up Kogoro first, and they knock him out with the tranquilizer. Everything is set, but just ten minutes before the damn reveal is set, I realized that they forgot one thing. Actual evidence. <laughs> They're great. Got him. Got the detective of the East and the West. Neither of them have evidence. Yeah, they have a little argument. They're like, aren't you supposed to be the great detective of the West? I thought you were the great detective of the East. Why didn't you notice this? <laughs> Conan then notices something in a small pot and he asks Hattori if he's ever killed a person before. That was very dramatic. Yeah, and he's just like, huh? <laughs> 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 it's like what are you trying to say little uh, guy <laughs> yeah like are you okay Conan <laughs> that sounds like what you would say right before you like pull a gun on somebody <laughs> <laughs> they figure out where there is some evidence and the scene then skips to 10 minutes later Kagero says that he's called everybody here as he's figured out who killed Mitsuaki and Hideyomi can we mention that Kogoro was tranquilized like before like we didn't even see the the whole part of how they got Kogoro in and tranquilized him he's just there he's ready to go well they they had mentioned to Ron to bring her father up earlier too so he probably just came prior to the uh seven o'clock start time oh right and they didn't want to redo his silly little dance and like oh and <laughs> yeah that's the noise he makes <laughs> Good. Sorry, Kyle. Kyle's better at doing Kogoro's voice. <laughs> I'm the VA. Well, that we have plans for that, don't we, Kyle? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll get there. What a tease! <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, the phone then rings, and he tells Megary to. Sorry, what were you saying, Colin? It's vague enough to not mean anything to anybody. But it's exciting yeah. because people are going to be like, what are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Premiering on stage at your local theater is me as Kogoro in my one-man show. Yep. <laughs> the dumbass detective. <laughs> <laughs> Who's also a mysterious thief. Double life. But yeah. I can't speak Japanese, so I can only do like his laugh. Well, that's all he needs to say. And he'll just... True. Accuse everybody instead of like committing crimes that they were having sex. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Gets me every time. The phone then rings and he tells Megary to answer it as they'll repeat the events from last night. He picks up and Hattori acts as if he's being attacked in the balcony below. Megary then looks below and he finds a bandaged man with a knife in his mouth. He asks what's going on and Kogoro tells them to wait as this is how the culprit made everybody leave the room so they could hide the truth that they had climbed up and faked being Hideyomi. In this case, it was Hattori who was wearing the bandages. What a shock. They gotta be so theatrical. Oh, it's more fun that way. Just tell them, you know. 
This, somebody <laughs> died. <laughs> they needed to create a use for Haiji, because otherwise, if it was just them telling, if it was just like Conan telling everybody else how it happened, like they need, they wouldn't need the demonstration necessarily. Although I guess Takagi demonstrates a lot, but with Haiji yeah. being there, he could actually do all of that. Plus, with the police, they love to recreate these crime scenes so they can show how the tricks were done. Because you have to prove it's possible. Because just saying what? it's not really gonna... Like, some of this shit's so out there that, like, sure, it could work in theory, but would it actually happen that way? You know, there's a variables of error and stuff. So that's why I feel like they always, you know, reenact this stuff. Why did they even knock out Kogoro for this one? If Haichi was there and he's in on... The whole because he's downstairs and they need somebody upstairs to play along. I guess they could have just explained it to Kogura, but where's the fun in that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to keep the bit going, I guess. He says that these were solo acts done by Mitsuaki to frame Hideyomi, and that he had given himself knife wounds and used a syringe to spray blood on himself. He then used Hideyomi's hat and bandages and wore a swimming cap to prevent his hair getting in the cap. Meguri is confused as Mitsuaki was killed, and they say that the original plan was to kill the chairman, as he had an accomplice that would drug him. The accomplice was supposed, sorry, the accomplice, the accomplice, what the fuck, accomplice, fucking. You're saying huh. it right. But am I? <laughs> <laughs> well, the second time. I feel like I'm saying like. I don't know. The accomplice, accomplish, accomplish. Wait. What do you fuckers say? Accomplice. Just so I know what to say. Okay. You say it, Kyle. Accomplice. All right. All right. You say it, Kyle. (laughs) It's more legitimate (laughs) when it comes from you. (laughs) No, no. I just needed two voices. You said it beautifully. I'm messing with you. I wasn't. I wasn't like needed at mansplain to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> God, your was... voice is too high pitched. I always fear that I'm being such an asshole to you. I'm sorry, Colin. No, that's the bit, though. Yeah, misogyny. That's the bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I should leave this in now. It's just me. <laughs> That was really funny. The accomplice was supposed to lure everyone downstairs so that Mitsuaki could kill the chairman, but he was betrayed and killed instead. The accomplice was none other than the secretary who shoved him off the balcony. Gasp. So, Kyle, were you surprised that it was the lover that killed him? No, it was not. That was my guess. You thought it was a woman? Yeah. <laughs> when the fountain pen got slapped into the uh, into the fountain, it seemed rather intentional. It seemed like they were trying to reveal something, and so that's why I was like, "Well, who would want to do that?" And so it was in between the lady who slapped, uh, what's her name, and then the lady who actually had the fountain pen. I forget everyone's names. Yeah, you noticed um, that, and you were you were like that old meme going, "How can she slap? How can she slap? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Have you never seen the video?" I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Have you never seen this? Oh I don't know. Goodness. Are we going to pause so we can all yeah, experience this? Let's all experience this. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, I said it in the, the chat here. Okay. 
this is gonna this, this is great podcast material I'm with English subtitles. <laughs> I love this lady. She's mean. She reminds me of Colleen. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen the video yet. How can you slap? <laughs> oh! oh my god! <laughs> you bastard! Whoa! You fucking bastard! That escalated so quickly! How can she slap? Oh, whoa. I love how they dogpiled him so fast. <laughs> how can she slap me so How can, can she, she slap? How can she slap? <laughs> and it just gets taken down. <laughs> I'm watching it again. <laughs> uh, his face just... His face right before he hits her is so good. <laughs> how can you slap? How can you slap? <laughs> Wait, so... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I wish that was in the episode. <laughs> how can she had, sir? It's like, how can she slap me, sir? <laughs> how can she slap? How can she slap? How could you slap her? And she just started slapping him. Oh. <laughs> I love it. It's just asterisk moans as he's on the ground. <laughs> That's a classic video. Damn. 2013? Yeah. This is old. Damn. Oh, wow. It's a game show about being bullied? Yeah. <laughs> that makes this doubly weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay, alright. Well, don't you agree Colleen's a lot like the host? Oh, 100%. Colleen uh, evokes that spirit, that aura. <laughs> <laughs> You're always talking down to me. Well, okay, if you don't like it. No, I feel like you're much more... No, no, Tyler, you're much more like... How can I talk down? How can I talk down? (laughs) 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 You did the voice. (laughs) Oh, goodness. (laughs) Uh, Is this all staying in the episode? Sure. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) How can she talk down? How can she talk down? (laughs) God. Megary said that he should have fallen with the knife, but Kagura explains that he must have tossed the knife, hat, and bandages outside before climbing upstairs. Mitsuaki had planned on sharing with the chair. <laughs> How can she slap? <laughs> I was like, why are you laughing at that part? <laughs> I'm still thinking of that. <sighs> Mitsuaki had planned on strangling the chair. Okay, give me a second. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's really funny. All right. (sighs) Mitsuaki had planned on strangling the chairman with the kite string he had. However, the secretary's only target was Mitsuaki. Meguri asked about the rope and the hook, and Hattori explains that they brought up the rope that Mitsuaki used, held the weight on the other end of the rope in one hand, and attached it to the balcony below, and then flung it over. The weight then hits the bottom of the balcony and stops. Proof of this is the marks that they found on the bottom of the balconies. Hattori reveals that the crime was premeditated, and that the running noise that the chairman heard wasn't people having sex, but Miyuki figuring out how long it'd take to get the spare key to Mitsuaki's room from the storage room. That must have shocked you, Kyle. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> How can it not? How can it not? <laughs> I'm good in shock. I'm good in shock. Megury asks if she also killed Hideyomi, and Kegura says that isn't the case. The note was written by Hideyomi the day prior, when he had actually committed suicide. He says that Miyuki had likely discovered Hideyomi dead, and then hatched this plan. Toy says that his body was buried underground in order to throw off the estimated time of death, and that he was likely wrapped in a bedsheet and buried near the pond, I already had holes for trees. The one that sunk the body in the pond was Mitsuaki, who did it while pretending to search for him. The butler says that he saw Hideyomi several times the day of the incident, but Hattori explains that it was either Miyuki or Mitsuaki disguised as him. They point out that his answering machine reveals that he was already dead. Kegura says that it's likely that Miyuki had given Mitsuaki the idea that allowed him to become chairman, and that Hideyomi would take all of the blame. Ron says that has to be a lie, as Miyuki's life was saved by Hideyomi, and that she'd never frame him for a crime. Kogoro then asks Miyuki what time it is, and I love Ron's. She's like, that has nothing to do with it! Why are you asking her this question? <laughs> yeah, she was really defending her. And he asks what happened to her wrist watch. He interrupts her explanation by saying that she can't wear it because she broke it when she shoved Mitsuaki off the balcony as he had grabbed at it. If he had broken the band, then it would have ended up at, at the crime scene. So she panicked and she used her fountain pen to stab his hand. Damn. So that's what happened. Hattori was able to put t that together after he tried to use the pen and he noticed that the tip was bent. It made no sense as a fire wouldn't cause that damage and she took care of the pen well as it was a memento of her father. They then explained that Hideyomi and Mitsaki had caused the fire 20 years ago, and that Hideyomi refused to get surgery as some sort of atonement for the crime. The motive was revenge for her parents who had died in the fire. However, there's one thing they didn't understand, which was going to the trouble of making Nabuko angry in order for them to find Hideyomi's body. So that's what made you suspicious, Kyle. She then confesses and says that she didn't want to leave him any longer in that cold water. Uh, sweet, but also damn. Dumb bitch. <laughs> Dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she then says... <laughs> well, wasn't she? It's pretty dumb. Was it? Yeah, it's... I feel why like the whole thing seems... A, a little messed up. <laughs> She's a little bit twisted in this society. The Joker. I'm <laughs> 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 just the long pause. And then, like, the explanation. Like, no one or didn't land. <laughs> It couldn't be that I was unfunny, so I just thought I'd explain it. <laughs> once the joke's explanation's funnier. Oh, God. <laughs> what a burn. Oh, I didn't mean that as a burn. No, it was a good burn. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. 
How can she talk down? How can she talk down? <laughs> See, I'm I'm getting this as a message because Tyler's showing us a show about bullying. I feel like maybe he thinks I'm bullying him. So, no, of course okay. not. He thinks, but it's not. What if I'm one of those guys that uh liked being bullied? What's that? <laughs> um, oh no, masochist? Mis- not misogynist. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we all know a misogynist. <laughs> she then takes the pot and says that there's gasoline in it, and for nobody to come any closer. She says everything about the fire was in the note, and that she couldn't forgive them as Mitsuaki lived a carefree lifestyle after what he did, and Hideyomi kept silent about it for so long. However, she loved him hopelessly. And he had accepted her marriage proposal, but now he's gone and she wants to join him. However, Hattori tells her that the pot is only filled with water, and she starts throwing a fit. She says, they're fire lit so easily, so why doesn't mine? Damn, that line got me. Yeah. Damn. Did anybody cry during this episode? I was sobbing. Is it, were you, really? Oh, yeah. Uh, like, my nose was running. Aw. What a what a baby you are. Yeah. <laughs> what a baby. I cried too, I but let's, let's ignore that part. Morgan but, uh, just came in and Morgan came in here and was like, shut up, stop. <laughs> You're watching a cartoon. Did she really? No. <laughs> oh. Damn, I was like, damn, your girlfriend's so cool. It would have been funny. Sorry, fiance. How can you cry? How can you cry? <laughs> How can he cry? <laughs> Tori then asked Conan if it had been better if they had just let her die right there, and Conan calls him a Jeez. fool. April, April fool. fool. <laughs> and he just cuts to That's it. Minutes. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> he says that a detective who corners a culprit with their reasoning and drives him to suicide in front of himself is no different than a murderer. Tori says that only he is perfect enough to say that line. And Conan says that nobody is perfect. And there's one person that he couldn't save. He then remembers the Moonlight's not a murder case. And he says and then he says that that person will save Miyuki. The chairman then enters the room and says that it's foolish for her to say that she would join Hideyomi. Because you're going to hell. No, no. Um he says <laughs> <laughs> That would have been cool. He says that your mother wasn't that kind of person. She's like, what? You don't know my mother. And he then reveals that her mother was actually the first love of his life. I saw her in kindergarten. Yep. (laughs) And that the fountain pen she has was actually a going away gift that he had given her in elementary school. In elementary school? Yeah. He hasn't seen this girl in years. In decades. Yeah, but he really wanted the the score. He was trying to get down? He was trying. God, dude. Also, he gave her a fountain pen. Like, this is obviously a rich person gift. It's not like the handmade pasta frame that we would give to people. <laughs> yeah, imagine being in fourth grade. Is that what you gave to Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> no. After he graduated out of your, your class forever? No. I don't think I gave him anything. When did you depart? Was it, did he like a... Did yeah. he go to college? When's the last time you saw Tom? Well, he went to college when he was seven. <laughs> <laughs> Colleen said bye. 
Uh, I'll remember you. I'll talk about you on a podcast in 20 years. Jeez. I saw him, uh, when did I see him? I, I've i seen him, like, as a an adult already. Like, Oh, wow. Yeah. Whoa, reconnecting. Yeah, did you tell, tell him about your cool pogs? Yeah, I don't think he recognized me. Wait, yeah. so did he recognize you? No. Oh, I changed, I've changed a lot since it. those days. Have you? <laughs> Doesn't look like a, a fifth grader anymore. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, no, he, well, he changed, but I changed more probably. Like, I don't think a lot of my elementary uh, school classmates would recognize me. What, did you used to, like, eat glue or something? <laughs> She used to eat glue. <laughs> I'm just trying to understand how she changed. Oh, I I, I used to be a really round child. Aww. Uh, you were a little Genta? A little Genta. <laughs> a little Genta? Aw, she was a little Ayumi Genta. I, oh, that's the ultimate combination, to be honest. That would be the best Yeah, character. as long as it's not Mitsuhiko. Yeah, fuck him. He's such an idiot. He's the Luigi of the group. Oh. <laughs> he is. Don't cry, Green Mario. <laughs> it's like my favorite Luigi goat. <laughs> Mario. Oh. oh, no. Don't cry, Green Mario. Mario. <laughs> oh, adventures in voice acting. <laughs> The patriarch tells her not to forgive Hideyomi's crime, but says that she is still young and has a life ahead of her. Behind bars. <laughs> For real. <laughs> she murdered a guy. Yeah. After the ending song, Conan explains to Hattori that the chairman had lied about her not leaving the room because of her mother, and that he suddenly wanted to see his first love again because he saw her likeness in Miyuki. Tori asks if Kudo had realized that and kept it from him, and then Ron overhears him saying Kudo. She asks what he said, and Tori said he said Kudoi, which means verbose. Conan then says that he's as clever as any Osakan, and Tori says that they're, they're the best when it comes to puns. Yay. What a just, dorky thing to say. <laughs> he can't stop saying Kudo, man. He doesn't get any better. No, he doesn't. You think he'd remember. It sounds like it's a big deal. Well, he's he's smart enough to get out of it. Next kind of hint is a mobile phone. I feel like this was just a hint, though. We're Not a cell a, phone. We had a phone in episode five, cell phone. So it's been used once, at least. Uh, episode 82, we have a mobile phone. Which we haven't... Oh, that's this episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or, sorry, not episode 82. Episode 79. That was the English numbering because the one hour episodes get split for english all right so mobile phone next which is a repeat hint uh our little tease for the next episode they say the next episode isn't interesting too uh and then they say that guy's cell phone is busy and then we get this pun about cell phones that i did not understand i'm assuming you guys didn't either yeah no nah. <laughs> <laughs> they put like two pages of text for like this ending gag and I was like I'm not reading that <laughs> they tried they tried I love fandoms no I'm not doing that 
Um, so Colleen, what'd you think of the episode overall? Overall, I, I thought it was okay. Um, I was, they, I felt like they jam packed so many elements into this episode. There was like finding the chairman's first love and then like the possible suicide and then the murder. Like there's just too many things to follow along. So I just kind of chose which elements I wanted to follow along and it didn't actually have anything to do with the case. I was more interested in seeing the the love. the love i was more interested in seeing uh the love i guess or the the uh, relationship between conan and heiji because they're kind of developing this friendship and it was the first time where we actually saw them working together because the first time that didn't happen and then in the second one the the holmes freak murder case um heiji wasn't aware that conan is kudo right so this is truly the the first episode we're seeing them actually teaming up and working together. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And um yeah, I I thought that uh overall it was good. Not not one of my favorites though. Yeah, I didn't remember a ton about this episode. Um Cal, did you actually cry earlier or were you just like trolling around? I mean I was being dramatic. It was sad. But, yeah. It got to me, but I didn't actually You didn't cry sound. you didn't tear up? No, not What about not a tear? Actually. A single tear? Uh, in my brain, a single tear. That doesn't make sense in your brain. In your fucking tear ducts, man. <laughs> you never cry in your brain? No. <laughs> Colleen, have you ever cried in your brain? Um, it must be something that only possibly. Like, people in relationships you need. Do. You need to be intelligent. You need to be like a Tommy Pickle. Like have level. emotional yeah. intelligence. I'm glad I have a rival now. <laughs> I felt like I was watching a telenovela when I was watching this episode. Like with Did all the slapping calling? and like a scandalo. A scandalo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very dramatic. We had a lot of family anguish. Yeah. Uh, I like the episode. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I do agree. They definitely rushed some stuff because there were a lot of elements that they kind of just passed by. Like they didn't make much of a big deal about um, Hattori using the pen and noticing it was broken, and that like they showed it real quick, but they didn't like actually point it out. And then I'm still confused what was in that fucking light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It seemed like the two part. Like, they had a little bit too much to fit into these two parts. I guess maybe the pacing could have been better uh, to give them more time. They also spent a lot of time during these episodes kind of, like, at the uh, at the very beginning of the second episode, they spent, like, three minutes recapping what had previously happened. So maybe they had to just rush because of that. Which makes sense, because not everybody's going to have seen the first episode, but still. Yeah, I thought it was a decent episode, but it's kind of confusing to follow. Um... I feel like they didn't do the great job of explaining it. It was probably better in the the manga just to read it, and you can go back and read stuff that you're confused about. Yeah, I was uh, about to ask if it was like longer in the manga, and there was just too much content for them to trim down. Uh, let me see. It was it was like four chapters, so it wasn't mm-hmm. anything huge. Uh, what do you think about the case, Kyle? I uh, I liked it overall. I thought it was fun. Um, I don't know. It feels very like it's fallen into the, the, the familiar, 
falling into the familiar tropes that Conan usually does. Uh, so I don't know if there was anything really that surprising. I think the only thing that really made this particular uh, set more interesting was Hajori, uh, Hattori being in it. Yeah, cool. yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I liked focusing in on his relationship with Conan as well. So it felt like we were slowly seeing like a relationship build. Yeah, he always uh, makes the case feel a little bit more special. And uh, they develop a nice little like subsection of cases where like you'll have Kaito Kid, you'll have Detective Boys, you'll have a Tori episode. Like every so like every once in a while, a few times a season, you'll have these like special episodes that you kind of look forward to more than a regular case. I feel like that really helps, mm. especially with the length of this series. I also appreciated the um, Moonlight Sonata throwback. Uh, it really added to kind of the somber tone at the end where, you know, Conan was asking Heiji, like, oh, have you ever killed anyone? And how it was kind of random at the time, but then they tie it in with the fact that Conan kind of, he blames himself almost for not saving that person from committing suicide. And it's just like, that was yeah. a really kind of deep and just heavy topic to deal with on a Detective Conan episode and kind of shows you how much... It kind of just shows you how much Shinichi values human life. Yeah, he straight up calls himself a murderer during this episode. Yeah. Which is like a really heavy implication. It shows how much it weighs on him. Um, But also, mysteriously enough, there's like 5,000 cases where somebody dies while he's like investigating. (laughs) 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 He's kind of like okay with that. Different circumstances. Um, Yeah, so that'll do it. Next week we have two uh episodes one of which has the detective boys in it i'm not sure if finally it's actually a detective boys focused episode but they're at least in it we'll find out it is it is we have a detective boys episode they're just gonna give like conan one hint about something and then leave kind of like the bottle and <laughs> yeah. the stalker thing <laughs> so we have the bank heist murder case and the wandering artist murder case so bank heist sounds interesting I'm excited. <laughs> well, there's plenty of bank heists in this series. Don't worry. Oh. <laughs> there's a couple. All right. That'll do it for this episode. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. And remember, one truth always prevails. <laughs>